0: Welcome to the Transforming Leadership Podcast with Executive Coach, Author, and Speaker, Dr. Steve Stepp. I'm your host, Jim Brangenberg. For more information about Dr. Steph and how the Transforming Leadership team builds effectiveness in leaders, please look online at tleadership.com. That's tleadership.com. Now let's join Dr. Steph in the studio. Hey, welcome to the Transforming Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Brangenberg with Transforming Leadership, and I'm joined by the founder of Transforming Leadership, Dr. Steve Stepp. Hey, Steve, I think before we begin, we should remind our listeners that we're currently working through what we refer to as the transforming leadership proverbs. These are some sayings or truisms that you and the transforming leadership team have coined over the years to help leaders. Today's transforming leadership proverb is, do not confuse getting the job done with being successful.
1: What do you mean? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, Jim, we've touched on this in previous podcasts. I think we talked about the the transformer profile uh, at, at, at one point, one of our podcasts went into some depth there, but I tell you, we get more questions. We get more feedback. We get more confusion on how do we get from the job description to the transformer profile? Uh, not what's the purpose, but how do we do it? And, and, the job description invariably is a list of bullet points of what the individual is responsible for. And this is from the CEO office on down. But, it, but they very rarely define success. And when they do find success, it's generally quite narrow in the way they define it. Um, a couple of metrics, but, but, but usually not on all the metrics that would be involved. And then we end up having meetings down the road with our with our supervisor, with our lead executive, with even our board. And we find out, well, hold it. I was doing my job, and in the metrics that I had clearly defined, I was hitting those metrics, but now I seem to be failing in some way. And why is that? And and it's it's quite simply because we never took the time or we never had the discussions or never dug in to clearly define what success is in every aspect of our job is that is that clear am i being it, clear there it,
0: it, it makes sense and i think it's so often you see that this the bullet pointed job descriptions are so ridiculous like here's all your responsibilities but it rarely even touches on the day to day it rarely even touches on culture uh, it, it doesn't I mean, right. and and you think about what's more important than hey, you're going to be a leader. But here's the culture we want you to cultivate. Uh, right. it, it's so different. So how do you how do you take that the idea, of the job description, Doctor Steph, and turn that into a transformer profile?
1: Yeah, that <laughs> culture is a great one. I don't. You know, we don't have a lot. We haven't discussed a lot of notes on the culture component. But culture is a great one because they'll say, well. Your job is to maintain a uh, high-performance, caring culture. I mean, actually, I've, I've got one uh, client, a years-long client that you're quite familiar with, that that, that is part of their job description, high-performance and a caring culture. But then if they don't break that down to identify what behaviors or what metrics reflect that we are a high-performance culture or what behaviors or what metrics reflect that we are a caring culture then you might have a senior leader even an executive that is acting in a caring way as far as they are concerned but they're not in alignment with what the organization is looking for so we, we've got to we've got to break that down you know so uh, I wrote down a couple of examples right from current job descriptions that, that one of my teams is working with right now. We've got a team here Transforming Leadership that's working with uh, senior managers in a global organization. And, and I've got three or four or five uh, responsibilities from job descriptions here. One of them is assign, instruct, train, and provide directions to managers and supervisors in the performance of their job. Well, I mean, that's And and in the same job description, by the way, uh, one of the bullet points was direct supervisors in their personnel management duties. Well, it seems to me that that would be included in the previous one. But then how is this person expected to deliver on uh, assigning, instructing, training, and providing directions to their managers? You know, they may believe that they are and then they are called into the uh, uh, COO's office or the VP of Operations office, whatever, and, and told that they're not doing a good job on training and providing directions, uh, but they're hitting their production numbers. That's the primary metric that that individual might be measured on is production output. They are hitting their numbers as far as uh, materials loss, maybe. But they're missing somewhere on instructing and tr- training and may- providing developing. Maybe.
0: So is your concern, Doctor Steph, the obscurity uh, uh, yes. the it's- of these of these lines within the job descriptions, or is that what your concern is?
1: Yeah, that, so, that, that's it exactly.
0: So, then a, how do we a, fix a, yeah. this? Because we want to make sure that people who are getting a job, first of all, well, you're talking, you are talking jobs that are entry level jobs. I mean, you're talking about jobs that are leadership oh, positions yeah. within big corporations. How do we make sure that the job descriptions adequately draw a picture for the person even applying for the job or for the recruiter trying to find the, mat, the match for that position? I mean, because it, it, that's a big deal. I mean, how do you find the right person if you don't have it written down well?
1: All right, that great question, and that's where it starts to break down. We are recruiting for a job within our organization right now, and we have written a job description that's much like what, you know, hopefully it's a little more clear, but it's much like what I just read to you right here, because these are the primary responsibilities, and those. that's the job description on which we are going to recruit. But once we have recruited and once we have identified the prospect and maybe even made the offer and hired, now we have to sit down with that no longer a prospect, but uh, but new employee and say, okay, here is exactly what success looks like in your job. So I would want as an employee to know that I'm never going to be called forward and held responsible for performance that that. I was not clear on what performance they were looking for. But and
0: isn't there, that's where we are? But isn't there a danger, though, if you don't have all that clearly defined during the interview process? Isn't there a chance that you'll get to that? The way you just described, you'll get somebody hired, and you sit them down to talk about. Here's how we expect you to to execute this, and you and that person may respond. But that's not how I operate. I, I told, I'm totally different. Boy, if I'd have known this up front, I might not have taken the job. Isn't there a danger there with waiting until after they're hired to go into details on the execution of all these things?
1: Well, I, I, I see your point there. You know i i would uh, I would agree somewhat. But you need to do a good enough job on writing up the job description to make sure that you have someone that at least has the bandwidth for the, the, the competency, I should say, for fulfilling on the, on the job description. And as far as how they work, listen, how you work, that, that's where we break down frequently in supervising employees. How we work is, should be determined by the job not by that from which you're most comfortable. You know, I I lead this way. Well, I I realize you're most comfortable leading this way, but the job requires you to lead this other way. And uh, frequently we're not held accountable for that.
0: Now, today's proverb was, do not confuse getting the job done with being successful. How does this job description issue versus having a transformer profile, how does that interfere with I mean, this understanding of I got the job done versus being successful.
1: Yeah, well, I got the job done. So, so let's say one of your uh, develop and maintain a high performance sales team. Well, that's that's right off of a job description that we have right now. Uh, I think this may be the example that we used before when we discussed this, but we're, we'll we'll keep using the same one because it's a huge one. How do you define a high performance sales team? Now, you've been in sales, in and out of sales, all your life, Jim. So how would you define a high performing sales team?
0: So people that are efficient, effective, you know that they they don't chase down rabbit trails. They only only go after the good meat, not just the, not the bad meat. You know people that are they they know what they're selling. They know who to sell to. They know their best prospects, and those are the people they pursue. And they close them at an average ratio of maybe you know fifty percent.
1: But the only thing that you gave me on there that you and I couldn't argue about whether I'm doing it or not is the close ratio. right? Because only going after this person or only going after that person, you and I could argue about that as far as my style is concerned. What, What are you measuring me on? You're measuring me on that statement. You're measuring me on my close ratio. Right.
0: Right, and also it's gonna be sales figures. Okay, hey, your goal is a million dollars worth of sales a month. We expect you to ramp up to that within ninety days, and we expect you to make uh, you know a couple hundred phone calls a month to these kinds of prospects. But you know, nobody's gonna okay. put in the job description. We want you to develop a low performing sales team. I mean, everybody no, wants a high performing no. <laughs> sales team. But
1: but, it, but you haven't defined what a high performing sales team is. Right. So that sales team. Who are the stakeholders for that salesperson? Who who is involved? in the success or failure or completion of the job for that salesperson. What what are the departments?
0: Yeah, you're going to have your marketing department. You're going to have your support department. You're going to have your management department. All of those are going to be involved. The management's going to set the direction. Your support, your customer support department is going to actually make you look good when they execute on what you've sold. And you okay. got your marketing, which gets you the leads, which gets you in front of the kinds of people that you want.
1: Okay, so let's go back to your car days. You were in the car business, I, right? I sold a few cars. Yeah, he sold a few cars. So so, uh, customer support would be the person prepping and delivering that automobile. Okay. So do you know salespeople that hit great numbers as far as uh, their close ratios? They hit great numbers as far as how many cars they sold per month, and they drove the delivery team crazy. Oh,
0: absolutely. In the car business, that's very typical. The sales guy always promises the moon, and the customer service department can only deliver Africa.
1: So would the customer service stakeholders, because they're involved in whether that person is successful or not, would the customer service stakeholders, would they consider, should they have input on what success looks like, high performance looks like, I should say? and the, the individual that we just described, would they consider this guy to be a successful salesperson, or they would, would they consider this guy to be the one that drives them bonkers?
0: I would say that if a salesperson is is overpromising and, un, and causing everybody to underdeliver, that's not a successful salesperson because you're irritating your customers, and your ultimate goal is to impress the customers so they'll come back and buy again and again and again. And so the customer support people are going to hate the salespeople, and the salespeople usually are complaining about the marketing people, and the management's mad at all of them because they're not meeting the goals.
1: There you are. But you've got a high-performing salesperson because he's got a high close ratio and he's got a high number of sales at the end of the month. So the metrics that the sales manager is is uh, measuring him on, he's my star player. And everybody else in the business is ready to shoot. It hasn't been clearly spelled out what a high-performance salesperson looks like in this particular job description. So they're off the hook. Or they're not held accountable on a regular basis, or they're not coached up properly, or they're not trained properly, because we haven't clearly defined the whole job. We have defined certain components of the job. Probably, quite frankly, we have defined the components of the job that were most important to the department or individual that wrote up the job description, with no consideration of the other departments involved. Happens all the time.
0: And the solution to this is just dealing with it up front, isn't it, Dr. Steph?
1: It's, it's got, it, you must deal with it up front. We, we, we've we got a job description, and that doesn't need to go into minute detail because this, this is what we're looking for. These are your primary responsibilities. But then we have a transforming profile. It used to be called a success profile that says, here's your job description. Here are your responsibilities. But for you to be successful in these responsibilities – from our perspective, here is what we are expecting of you. And that's, that's what frequently, more often than not, I'm afraid, uh, that's what frequently doesn't get done is clearly defined expectations. And then if we're talking about continuous improvement, if we haven't, I mean, that, that's the one that we're working on this one team with right now, Jim, because they are a high performing team. But if they haven't clearly defined the expectations in in every component of their job, how do you define continuous improvement? When when you throw continuous improvement out to the average workforce, what they're hearing is they want me to work harder.
0: <laughs> I hear we're never going to be good enough.
1: That's that, that's exactly right. That that is exactly right. So. When we when we start to talk about continuous improvement, you know, we're not defining that from, uh, we're not qualifying that I should say quantifying that maybe a better word. We're not quantifying it from what what high performance is now, so that we're looking for more effective and more efficient ways. We're just processing. I've got to work harder, and I'm not good enough now. Yeah, happens all the time.
0: So, Dr. Steph, what you're really saying is that the proverb, which we stated, do not confuse getting the job done with being successful, really goes down to we've got to take our job descriptions and lay into them the steps that it's really going to take for people to be successful, not just get a job done. I mean, it's way more than just a bunch
1: of bullet points. Yeah, exactly. What does success look like? Yeah, what does success look like in every component of the job? So that I know when I go to bed at night, I have fulfilled on all my expectations, or at least I have a plan. I'm able to put together a plan for fulfilling on the expectations of all my stakeholders. Hmm. That's that's a transforming profile, and that's success in the job.
0: And how does transforming leadership help us get
1: there? Oh, wow. Well, we're, we coach. We've got different teams coaching all the time on helping individuals from Location managers to senior execs to the CEO, even to the boardroom, uh, coaching on helping them to build their own success profile. Um, I believe that success profiles need to be uh, written before even the hiring process, because we've got, again, we have to define success. But obviously, everyone that we're working with right now is already hired. So let's go back and let's identify success from every stakeholder's point of view. And then deliver on that. Then if we want to raise performance or raise effectiveness next year, at least we have a baseline from which to measure.
0: That's it. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Dr. Steph.
1: Yeah, Thanks, Jim.
0: And to our listeners, as always, please find us. Please check us out on our website, tleadership.com, tleadership.com. You'll find a phone number there as well as an information form. And if you have any questions or if there's any way Transforming Leadership can serve you, please give us a call or drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, the Transforming Leadership is committed to helping successful leaders achieve optimum performance. Until next time. And that ends our discussion for today. Thanks for listening to the Transforming Leadership podcast with executive coach, author, and speaker, Dr. Steve Stepp. For more information on how Dr. Steph and the Transforming Leadership team can help you become a more effective leader, please look online at tleadership.com. That's tleadership.com. The Transforming Leadership Podcast is available on your favorite podcast directories, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review on your favorite platform to help us spread the word. Until next time, remember, building effectiveness in leaders starts with the transformation of your heart towards your people.